At Voyage Healthcare, we are still open and ready to see you for injuries, chronic conditions, med checks, and acute care. If you are concerned about safety, call to schedule a video visit. If you believe you've been exposed to the coronavirus or are experiencing any symptoms, please do not come into the office. We can best serve you if you call our coronavirus hotline at 763-587-7900. That number is also found at the voyagehealthcare.com webpage. At Voyage Healthcare, we are here on the journey with you. The Weekly Dish Podcast is brought to you by Lakewinds Co-op in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. There's no membership required to shop at Lakewinds. All are welcome. Check out lakewinds.com, and if you can't make it to a Lakewinds, please visit your local food co-op in the neighborhood near you. Hi, it's Stephanie Hansen, and people are heading outdoors in droves. We've been so cooped up, I've even started running again. But don't forget to put on your sunscreen. The sun's rays are stronger than you think right now, and you need your sunscreen. If you want clean products that are better for your body and better for your local lakes and the planet without all the harsh chemicals, your Lakewinds Co-op has you covered. Their quality standards mean that skin and beauty items have no parabens and no triclosan. They ban dozens of ingredients, and every item is carefully evaluated before it's allowed in the store, your cart, and your home, so you can trust what's going on your skin. Co-ops do all the work for you, so if you purchase from them, you aren't having to stand in the aisle reading all the labels. And at Lakewinds, as the weather gets nicer, you can protect your skin and get clean products that are safer for you and safer for the planet. If you can't visit Lakewinds, visit your neighborhood food co-op. Lakewinds food co-ops are in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, Richfield, and you can find out more about their clean sunscreens at lakewinds.com. Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie March with Hi. Stephanie Hansen. Yes. And we are in our top two and our two. But before we kick it off, we do have Lonnie who has some intel that we need. Some hot intel on cattails, right, Lonnie? I do. I do. Happy Mother's Day Eve. Happy Thank Mother's you. Day Eve. <laughs> I was one of those people back in the 70s that did the Mother Earth cook your. Make your own food, grow your own crops. You're so on trend now, too. I I know. It's so cool. My daughter grew up that way, and she loves it. She's a teacher, and she does a lot of that with her students. Good. So what's your intel about the cattails for us? Cattails, it's interesting because the tuber is the part that you eat, not like the the fuzzy part or the leaves. You eat the tuber. Oh. And cattail tubers, you can bake them like sweet potatoes. Um, we used to dehydrate those with acorns and grind them up and add them to flour. Wow, you really were a hippie. Wait, so you're <laughs> saying that like these giant reeds that are growing out of the swamp, I can pull them up and it's the the root part? Yes, it's the, it's the root part, absolutely. Because literally they're invading my garden and I've been trying to yank them up. And I was thinking about I pulled one up the other day and I looked at my mom and I was like, do you think you can eat this? <laughs> so she, yeah, she And she was right, like, I have no yeah. idea. That's... Yeah, the white tuba part is the part that you that you can eat. So I'm sure you can Google it and find all kinds of great things for that. I'm going to totally put that in some butter and salt and saute that baby. I tell you what. <laughs> Thank you, Lonnie. We appreciate it. All right. 
I, I literally pulled it up from my garden bed, which my asparagus are coming up because they just come up. Oh, see, I have asparagus, yeah. but well, it takes, maybe this year. It takes years and years. How heard. many years? I'm in like, I this is like year two. Three or oh, four. Okay. Yeah. So, but uh, mine are just popping up and, but they're being invaded by cattails oh, and yeah, by the swamp out. reeds. And you cannot just like pull. It's not a pulling process. It they is, grow from underneath. Holy moly. It is a lot. Well, everything grows from underneath. Good point. (laughs) Speaking of growing from underneath, someone asked about your playlist, The Boiling Bones on Spotify, so we put a link on our Facebook page. Okay. There it is. I keep adding to it. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Guess what? Top top two and hour two. Give him the old one, two. One, two, one, two. And now, The Weekly Dish presents... Top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In our two. All right, give me two. Winning, winning, winning. All right, this is the time, you guys. We talk about some things we're obsessed with. What do you got? What's your first one? Uh, Our listener, Eric Rupert, who is a very good cook, because I've just been following his daily missives on Facebook of the beautiful food he's cooking. He sent over a couple weeks ago during Cinco de Mayo a recipe for a margarita. Mm -hmm. So I decided to make it and make a walktail, which Mm. is a walking drink. Mm -hmm. I was walking with a friend on Cinco de Mayo And I made the drink in a giant shaker and the recipe is like one cup of one cup of tequila, uh, one cup cup of Cointreau, one cup of uh, ruby red grapefruit juice and then some lime juice. Kind of a Paloma. Yeah. So I made the margarita and then I walked and it was fantastic. But the next day, my sister was like, oh, my gosh, did you drink like 10 margaritas in your one walktail? <laughs> I was like, no, I don't think it was 10. Turned out it was probably five. Uh, yeah, if you had two cups of booze in there. Okay, I made a half recipe. Okay. But it's still a half <laughs> cup of tequila. That's still. Is a lot. Right, like normally <laughs> normally drinks are made in ounces, ounces. not there's, cups. There's five, ounce, five, one and a half. There's five, one and a half ounces in a half cup. Plus I had the Cointreau. Oh, so I was really feeling great the next day, but it was super fun. I put a link up to the video of me making it. There's also the recipes in a highlight on my Instagram. I wanted to thank Eric for making it. It was really fun. Yeah, no, it was. He's great. I love watching his stuff. He's been cooking a lot of good food. Yes, he has. Um, Okay, so my first one is actually something that I've I don't know if we've talked about it, but I basically had to remember that it was there. Um, This cute little place called Ham's Sandwich Shop, and it's in Minnetonka. It's over by Ridgedale. There's a giant total wine and there used to be a golf you know, a hockey store there. And the funny thing is there's a Jimmy John's there too, but, and I'm not slamming on Jimmy John's, you know, every once in a while I got to go that way too. Got to get the beach club. Yeah, I do as an unwitch, but, uh, I do love, <laughs> that's my exact order. I know. Um, but this ham sandwich shop is a local ham sandwich shop. It's like, there's no sandwich shops. I always complain about that. And then I kind of had forgotten about it and I was driving by and I ended up getting a Cubano and a, uh, I got uh, the Godfather, which was like a perfect Italian grinder kind yeah. of sub. And then I got something called the most interesting sandwich in the world, which is, I mean, it was basically a Cubano, but it also had, so it had like ham, deli ham, and then it had pulled pork, and then it had smoked other hams, salamis, and then it had Swiss cheese, pickles, but then it had jalapeno mustard or spicy mayo. I mean, Yum. it was like, it's a crazy interesting sandwich. It really was so good. And their bread is fresh. And I just want to say that there's these just local guys and they're working hard in 
uh, Minnetonka. Okay. Ham Sandwich Shop. They're only open for kind of breakfast, lunch. I got there to pick up. I called ahead, placed my order, and I got to say, everybody in there had masks, and everybody was respectfully, like, we were all lined up waiting to get our pick up our sandwiches, and it was just great. And Yum. so, ham sandwich up. There okay. you go. I am going to give you a splurge-worthy, if you're feeling splurgy, yeah. champagne. A splurgy. Because the same night that we walktailed, yes. we ended up walking by another friend's house, and she was in her backyard, so we socially distanced in her backyard, mm-hmm. and she ran inside and was like, oh, I've been waiting for someone to have this bottle of champagne with. Oh. So we brought out the Pierre Jouet Grant Brut. Okay. Perrier Jouet? Thank you. <laughs> oh, Stephanie Meyer just is dying laughing because she loves my mispronunciations and foibles. I love your effort, though. It was good. Say it again. Pierre Perrier- Jouet? <laughs> Is that right? Perrier Jouet. Jouet. Okay. It's a $58 bottle of champagne online. Maybe you can find it in your liquor stores cheaper, but it was really delicious. And by then I'd had the walktail that I just talked about. So um, if you're going to end a night, why not end it with a very fine champagne? This is good. Um, Okay. So my second one is actually going to be a project today, you guys. And I just, I don't, and I'm kind of putting it out there. Do I have time enough to do this? Okay. I... This is a project. If you guys know about this, um, have we talked about the stuffed meatloaf in bread? Okay, here's the deal. You and your things that you stuff in bread. Uh, No, you love to make meat things in bread. Do I? What are the other things I make in meat in bread? From uh, will you do the big timpani from the big night? You've made which is the muffaletta sandwich. That's not bread inside the big bowl. This is true. I have done that. The muffaletta sandwich. You like to stuff. Things in bread. Yes. Okay. So a lot of years ago, I think I've talked about this, you guys, but I don't know. Maybe you can help me. Apparently, uh, a lot of years ago, we had a taste festival. You know, we the Meg, we had a big wine thing. And Landon Schoenfeld came and did a recipe as a chef. Hope, do you remember this? Does this sound familiar at all? No? Okay. Not really. We've okay. been on the air so long, I no know. one else can remember. Know, so it guys. doesn't matter, Steel oh. Trap Mind. Okay. So here's what I'm looking for. He made something that he said he saw in Germany. And it was a, a sandwich situation that has what you do is you take like a big loaf of bread and it's and, it, I, you know, I remember being like a Pullman loaf kind of a thing. You hollow out you, the top. Yeah, you cut the top off and you hollow it out. And and there's stuff online for like baguettes. Baguettes are too flat for what I am thinking. This is like almost like, you know, like when you get those charcuterie cuts and it looks like a big piece of bread with meat in the middle. This is where I'm going with this. But so you hollow out the bread, you take, you take your meatloaf mix and you put it inside the bread. Then you put your bread top back on and here's the kicker, kids. You then wrap the whole thing in bacon and then you bake it. <laughs> so, I bet it's going to be delicious. Because then the bacon fat seeps into the bread. Yeah. I feel like I've talked about this. The bacon fat seeps into the bread and then the, you know, like the meat gets into the bread too. So it gets this like unctuously crusty, you know, goodness to it. But I can't find any reference of it anywhere. Any, anything other than they have like meatloaf stuffed baguettes, which is just not really the same because they're trying to make them cheesy. And that's not necessarily where I'm going with this. So I don't know. This is where if you have any intel on this from the, the, he said it was like a German thing, like it was a very popular German because then you like he saw it like cut cold and then you'd get like sort of a piece of, you know, bread with meat in there and all right. the rest. So 
I don't know. I'm still looking. And there are people who have wrapped it in dough. That's not it either. Like they've wrapped their meatloaf in a, like a pizza dough or a bread dough that they've bought and then bake it. That's not it. I'm not looking to bake the dough. So, okay. Okay. So I'm going to tell you what. I'm thinking I might make this tonight. And so I might try to put a thing up. But I, I would like. There's a lot of bacon wrapped cheese stuff meatloaf, but that's not it. But that's not it. Right. Yeah. Because that's, I'm not, I'm not bacon wrapping the meatloaf. I'm right. bacon wrapping the bread. Yep. And I'm remembering to do this, but I could also be making this up in my mind. Is the thing that I'm very worried about because I can't find it anywhere online. So I feel like maybe I imagined this, and I don't know. It could it could happen. We're going to help you. I know because that's what we do here. We help people. All right, we're going to take a break, you guys. We're going to come back, and we have more fun stuff to talk about. Uh, you know, great wines. We've got some good questions. We'll all see. We'll be right back. This is the weekly dish on my talk 107.1. Stephanie just told me before I opened the mic, I have lots of feelings. I was like, well, that's good. Feelings are good. Shocking. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Stephanie Merch. Okay. Oh, uh, oh, Arcs Valley Village opens tomorrow. Sorry, I was so excited. I thought it was today, but it's tomorrow. Good. Uh, so thank you, Joy, for sending me that correction. Um, hey, also, Mindy sent us a little note, Mindy Kelly from Mindy Kelly's Tees, Mrs. Kelly's Tees. Uh-huh. She wanted to know that everyone to know that they're uh, open at their warehouse for drive through from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. today. So if you need some teas, go hit up Northeast. Because Mindy Kelly's Tees are the legit, best. And her and her daughter are the nicest people in the world. Well, their whole family is. Come on. Yeah. Okay, so... I'm just going to take this segment to talk a little bit about what it looks like as restaurants are starting to reopen around the country. Let's have a discussion. It's a total discussion. Okay. Because I have a lot of feedback from people. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my sister's husband works at Texas Roadhouse and they have uh, restaurants all over the region and they have reopened one in North Dakota. Um, so I got a report from Fargo about what that looked like. Cause yeah. he's the first person I know that's actually kind of done this in dining inside. So they can, in, yes. they can eat inside yes. in Fargo, North Dakota. Yes. Okay. So his report was, is that to go food was, uh, really still very strong. And from three 30 to six 30, there were five people that ate in from six 30 to nine 30. All 25 other tables were full. They're at 50% capacity. Uh, only 18 families over the course of the night and mostly two tops. So it's mostly younger, like couple type type people. Mm-hmm. Um, only three of the people of the 350 people that came in to dine in the restaurant wore masks. Only three. Only three. Uh, Although dining, that's the point is like, that's what's, I get that that's hard because you're eating. Fine. I'm yeah. just reporting. I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm with you on it. People coming out. Not overly worried about the virus, not overly worried about masks, many sticking to small, immediate families and small groups Um, and all ages from young to age 80. Okay. So I thought that was very interesting because. But it's Fargo, North Dakota. They've they've kind of said already that they're not they're not concerned. Like that's a that is a sector of the uh, the country that doesn't have it's not a hot spot and it doesn't have a lot of. Uh, concern, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Uh, another person, then this is in Florida. I thought this was kind of clever. They had clear curtains between tables. They had hanging shower curtain rods from fishing line. And so you still feel like you're in the restaurant setting. You can see people, but it's clear shower curtains that can be wiped down, sprayed and sanitized every night. How do you feel about that? Um, 
Okay. I think that's, that's, I don't know if that's, I don't know. Sure. It's yeah. clever. Sure. Definitely clever. I don't know if that's actually helping anything necessarily. You know what I mean? They're not closed off. It was just in between two tables. It would help if someone coughed, I think. Okay. Unless it was your server walking by who coughed, I guess. Potentially. Yeah. And I would imagine again, that people will be wearing masks and gloves that are serving us. Yes, they will. Um, so another person, and this one was in Europe, they had these quarantine oh, greenhouses. The Dutch. Oh, my God. Everyone is talking about the Dutch greenhouses. They're so cute. <laughs> they're these like glass well, greenhouses like, yeah. that they've installed out on their patio. And it's like a two or four top inside this little 10 by 10 glass enclosure. You know what it reminded me of? The domes that were on that Free That was House. my next thought. Yeah. Is like LaGrola has three of them sitting yeah. on their patio right now. So could they do... Dining sure. with a group of small pod. Yeah. And then you just roll in there a food on a cart and then they get to pick it off the cart for whoever ordered what. Yep. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of comments about the Dutch one, um, about the hot boxing that could happen there. <laughs> because, oh, boy. Because, no, no, no. Because of the about marijuana hot boxing, I'm talking oh, about. Oh, I was thinking yeah. about underneath the covers when no, you toot hot No, boxing. I know. I knew that you would go there. We're talking about when you were smoking and it kind of this like. Is- Greenhouse effect on the smoke. Clearly, I'm not a pot smoker. Clearly, you're not. That's funny, though. That is so funny. Yep. Okay, now I know what she meant by mm-hmm. hotboxing. Yep. Um, there is... Because it's Holland. <laughs> yes. Would... And I'm not going to come right out and ask you what you're... You can. Well, are you... Okay, you want me to ask you? Sure. Are you... When a restaurant opens up, are you going to go? <clears throat> I'm going to say that I can't answer that yet. And that's why I think you can ask me. I I need to be clear on a couple things first because of my position and because of what I've been writing about lately. I I think you can be a human who cares about her health, her family's health, the health of the workers, health of the community, health of the economy, and uh, all at the same time wanting restaurants to survive this and wanting to support them. So that's the first thing that's important because I am not one, I am not, please shut everything down and never go out again. Yep. And I'm also not open everything up and let's just see how it all goes. Right. I'm neither of those things. I believe there is a way through this that is supportive. If there's a stimulus support situation that restaurants don't have to open, they can't open at quarter capacities anyway. And if they do try and everybody bum rushes it, it's going to get bad. I don't want to be in a situation where I have to feel uncomfortable by the amount of people who are all wanting to be there too. I won't participate in that. Um, and so I've gone some to, places are doing reservation only. Yep. Which would be a way to control that because they can control who's coming in and out and it's set table times. And then they have, you know, 20 minutes between each table to sanitize. Yeah, and I think that that's how it's going to have to go. Like a ticketed, almost like Tenant did, where it was a ticketed dinner. I think it will be a ticketed dinner. I think you will, and I think you will choose your food before you go. I think you will. I think for these, for these, for these actual dining places, when we're talking about like Spoon and Stable, or we're talking about even like like Atelia or something like you know Saint Genevieve, where you're going and you have a dinner, I think you'll say, okay, we're gonna have the six o'clock table. I'm gonna order. I'm gonna choose this to order. You choose this to order, and then we go. We check in. We sit down, and they say, okay, this is your order. We're happy to bring it to you. It'll start coming, and then they will present it to you either on a cart or on a board, and it'll be handed to you, and you will pull the plates off of these things. So that they can go from the kitchen, which is sanitized and extremely hot, and write it onto the plate. And then the plate goes onto a cart, and it's not touched until you touch it then. 
Also, the server's not touching the no, plates. The servers will no How longer do you take touch the plate plates. and clear it out. They'll clear it afterwards. But after you, but you as the guest will not have it, it. your your food will go from the oven or the prep situation, which is completely you know sanitized, and then you will be the first to touch it. Got it. And then when they clear it, or they'll ask you to put it on the cart, and then they'll clear it into the dish pit huh. and sanitize it that way. So I think that's a piece of it. I think that's a likelihood of any dining that's going to happen dining like that. But I'm more worried about the casual places. I mean, I think that they're the ones who are more likely to kind of be in trouble right now. Well, not the if bars you're and, in North Dakota at the Olive Garden, because right. apparently they had half capacity, mm-hmm. but then everyone was sitting at the bar. Well, and that's why they can't do that. <laughs> and so it was like, oh, okay, yeah. that's not going to work. Well, they have to, and that's the heartbeat. You have to police that, and that's kind of... And I do feel bad about... It's unfair that restaurateurs have to have the burden of that. And I they feel have to bad be the for police. the grocery workers that are having to police the non-mask-wearing, gun-toting... People are getting shot. That's right. I mean... That is just... I can't even. Where in society is this a normal response to you that can't have you this? because you want the privilege of going into this store and buying whatever it is that you're buying, you feel like you can shoot someone when... And they asked you to wear a mask because it's your right. Yeah. Police. Well, that's just, that's just crazy. That's uh, beyond. just, it's just beyond. I don't even want to say mental illness. That's beyond that. That's just, you know, horrible. But I do think that there's, I do think there is a way forward. And I do know that restaurants will open again. And this is the point is, I don't know if it's now. They will open again. We will be able to do this. I just don't know how and when. Vaccines, yes. virus, well, that's testing, testing, but masks, any supplies, any, any, anything, please. That would be great. Okay. <laughs> We'll be back. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. It's been uh, it's been a lovely, you know, sort of data. It's been a lovely time to just hang out and chat, quite honestly. So yes. wanted to thank, thank everybody you for coming along coming for the along. ride. I know. Um, okay, we have a question online. I'm still going to answer stuff as it goes. Yeah. You said, what is the best bread to use for bread pudding? And you said, you said sourdough? I said anything rustic. Stale, hard, sourdough, rustic grain. Bread pudding. I guess if you're doing a like a sweet bread pudding, you know, if it's a... I'm just thinking like sometimes I use... If you use like cinnamon bread, like those cinnamon oh, roll bread. that's nice. I've done that before, which is really nice. Um, and then I've also done... Uh, yeah, I tend to like like I like when they say like cube breads or they say take the 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 crust off. I never do. I want a crusty, good like Me craggy too. edge. I don't in want there. a soggy no. wet. Why bleh. do people do that? Not at all understanding. Um, okay, you guys. Also, just letting you know that if you missed any of our stuff, of course, always, 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 you can catch us on the podcast wherever you find your podcasts. And you don't uh, if you missed us because you were in your bed still on Saturday morning, which is totally good on this gray day. Be in bed. Or you um, got up or you and got you up. didn't exercise. You just you turned just the volume the down exercise. and blocked yourself out, had your coffee, and watched them exercise. Oh, God. I love that. You don't have to cook. You can just listen to us talk yeah. about cooking. No, for sure. 100%. Um, okay. So let's talk about rosé because I actually think that this is a thing that we always talk about. <laughs> this time of year. Let's keep it going. But let's talk about it again and some more. Um, I did have my hooches and smooches happy hour with my uh, fresh mom, Elisa Johnson. Her little Flory made an appearance. I don't know if you saw her, but the baby. No. Yeah. Florence is her name and they're calling her Flory. And cute. I couldn't be more excited. I had an aunt Florence. Did That's you really? Cute name. Mm-hmm. I am here for a Florence revival of names and not calling them Flo. 
though Flojo is a good name. Too. I know if you were. Yeah, I know. And that's but I think Flory is like the sweetest thing that I've ever heard. Um, so anyway, we did rosés and we talked a little bit about some of the rosé uh, things that are out there. And I just thought for Mother's Day, especially, it's a really great thing to pick up, especially if you're not in that bubbles camp. If you're not thinking about just bubbles from mimosas and things like that. I mean, bubbles all day long, kids. Just do it. But. Uh, I just did. There's a couple ones that I wanted to shout out because sure. I found some new ones. Yeah. All right. So uh, first of all, let's talk about red car. You know, red car is a solid. That's not new. Red car is, you know, it's your basic good table. It's wine. your basic good rosé wine. It's pink. It's like 10. It used to be like six bucks. I think it's probably like 10 to 13 now, but still, it's really one of the best ones. Um, and that just like if you're looking for something that is easygoing, yep. red car is it. Here's the one I found. And then one that I drank pretty much my entire self last night on the couch it's called cheval and it's c-h-a-v-a-l and it is spanish i should have put a link up i should try to find this um i got it i'll do it it's got a bike on the on the label you you see it i've had it you have Mm -hmm. what do you think i loved it it is tart Here's what I loved about it. It is a very pink looking wine. It makes you think it's going to be like cotton candy. That's how pink it is. And it is this Spanish Rosado that is so, uh, it's just tart and sort of, it's fresh. It does not leave that cloying, you know, sort of sweetness on the back of your tongue. It just, it's acidity is just so up there that it is a perfect food wine. If you are going to want to have a, a, like a pizza and a rosé, that is the wine that you should have with it to me in my mind. Like a good, like it's just got to like cut through the cheesiness of anything. It's really good. You know where we, I have been with you where we've had the white. The Cheval, there's a white? Yes. And I believe that we had it at, it's 90 on the Wine Spectator number list. Your one that you're talking about. Um, but we had this at Create Catering, I think. Oh, are you kidding? Mm-mm. Oh my God. So it's called Estas in Las Para Cheval is what it says. I'll go ahead and put a link up. Oh my God, you guys. I And it's like, it was 10 bucks at Lakeside Wines. 10 bucks. And I just thought this was kind of, and it's, it's organic, apparently. And uh, it's this Bobal. The grape variety is 100% Bobal from Valencia. I cannot tell you how much I am sort of smitten with this wine. This may be my table wine. Your new Emily. It's no, because the Emily will always be the Emily. <laughs> Um, I did talk about the Emily yesterday too, of course. Um, and so let's just talk about it just quickly so that the Emily is the wine just of my whole life, which is kind of perfect. The wine of my whole life. It really is because it is, it fits you when you are feeling like you want something light, but it also fits you when you want something that's a little bit more gutsy. You know, it's a Chardonnay Pinot and it is Pinot Noir and it is just, it's not pink. It's kind of orangey rose and it is just, and it's from Long Ridge and uh, South Africa and it's such a great wine and you can find it pretty much all over the place. Um, the other ones, the one that I felt, have we talked about Spell before? No. Okay. Cause I wanted to talk about that one. This is a California Sonoma Rosé uh, and it is uh Oh God, when you write spell, when you Google spell rosé, it gives you the spelling for rosé, by the way. So just so you know. Um, <laughs> oh, it looks nice. It's, it's very sophisticated. It's very looking. sophisticated. It's a Sonoma County rosé. Here's the thing with, with California's. It's about 21 bucks. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit more expensive. And that's the thing is, and honestly, it looks like Haskell's has it for 21, 21. which is great. I've had it. I think I paid like 30 bucks for it somewhere. Um and I really, really enjoy this one. It has a really great acidity, but it's a softer 
it's a softer wine for that. So it's definitely still a food, uh, food rosé, which of course I think I go for those the most because I want it to be able to be, uh, you know, flexible for me. But a lot of the Californians are too sweet for me. Hmm. Yeah. So I think I like the Oregon rosés. Do be you? Honest. I don't know why, but um, I don't and know. I do like the one that has the rose on the bottle of the bottle. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Are you talking about Miraval? Oh no, the rose on the bottom of the bottle. God, yes. what one is that? I'll find it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put a link to the Conundrum Rosé. That's about $18 a bottle. Uh, you guys, total wine. that one is a winner. I want you to get that one if you want a little bit of a sweetness, a little bit of apricot, some fruity backbone. Something that one is a beautiful opener for me. The Conundrum is something that you kind of sit with. You open that at the beginning. People are coming in. You're hanging out. It lifts your mood. It's like, I don't want to eat that. I don't want to have that with my food necessarily. But if I'm sitting on the patio and we are hanging out socially distanced, Across my fire pit, that is what I'm going to crack open. That conundrum is beautiful. Um, and it's not, again, it's not too sweet. I only go for these dry ones. I don't go super fruity, but conundrum has a little bit of a backbone that is good. So it's decent. Okay, so then we have to talk about the fact that I still, have I talked about these cans? Um, oh, God, now I got. Underwood? No, it's not Underwood. Sophia? No. Okay. I know. There's so many. Um, it was that on. Coat. Cote de Roses Rosé is the one with the bottle on, or the rose on the bottle. Oh, that is a solid one. It is solid. Everybody loves that one, too. That one is really good. Um, Okay, I'm trying to find it. Um, Shoot. It was was these cute little Weston Wilder, I think, are the cans. Okay. um, That are... uh, Oh, shoot. I'm so sorry, you guys. Um, it's the ones that are the blue cans. I had them on my Instagram a little while ago. And then it's the sparkling rosé in cans. And here's the deal. I'm going to find it. I'm going to put it up there. But it is because you... And there's three cans in a little box. And the box is 20 bucks. And you have to remember, like, sometimes the Underwood and sometimes the other rosé cans, it's too much, you know, for a person. (laughs) Because it gets warm, right? And then I feel like even, like... Because those cans are like a couple... Those cans are like a half bottle in a can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's a half bottle of wine of your normal consumption. Well, these little, uh, I think it's like white and West and wilder. I'm going to find it. Um, these, this, and it's, I think in Oregon, um, is it Bollaccini? No, no. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, you guys, I was not prepared to keep talking. Uh, uh, we're going to just keep looking for you. It's West. It is. It's West and wilder. Okay. Okay. It's called, it's called West and wilder.com. Cute little cans. Um, and they're smaller because a full can of wine is two and a half glasses. Yes, it is. And this is the problem for me. And I kind of feel like, you know, it's um, it's too. They also have a white wine by the oh, can. These cans are real cute. I know these are Instagram worthy yeah, cans for you. For sure. For sure. Um, it's it is. Uh, it's a sparkling rosé, too. It's a little bit. It's dry and it's fruity and it's around Pinot Noir and Pinot Gris. This is what's important about it. Um, and it's basically such a great little sipper that you can do. You can have hanging out with you while you're mowing the lawn or you're in the garden and it doesn't, it's not going to get too hot because it's going to be like that. It's Where'd just, you find these? This, these, this little pack I found at, uh, at, uh, Lakeside Wines in Long Lake, which okay. means they're also at Lowry Hill Liquors because those are sister stores. Okay. Um, but you can also, I think, find them. I think you can find those at, uh, at France 44 and probably also South Lindale Liquors in town. Can I tell you, we've talked about this before, but a lot of restaurants are having this on their Mother's Day meal that you pick up. 
It was an add-on, and it is the uh, Baron de Celiac Sparkling Pink Rosé. I don't know it. Oh, yes, you do. It oh. has the Great Dane on the front. Okay. Here, I'm going to show you a yeah, picture. Yeah, will you show me it. a picture? Yeah, it's lovely. Oh, this one doesn't have the Great Dane on the front, but it's kind of, again, an apricot-y color. Okay. It's, uh, the Kenwood had it as an add-on in there. Mother's Day. Someone else did, too. Pe- like, people that know wine Yeah, had it as an add-on. Oh, Wild Acres, I think. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, so there's a lot of rosés out there. You know, I'll try to put a link up to... We've got some links going on to all these. I, w- yep. I should probably put a list together, but maybe we'll start that up. Um, all right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to wrap it up for you and hit up some locals we love. We'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms and everybody out there. Um, I just want to say, if you want a little bit of a good nostalgic run, head over to the Facebook because the the comments on the question of what's your kitchen memory of your mom, you know, or what's a kitchen memory that reminds you of your mom? I happen to love a lot of these and it's a really great, it kind of makes you remember like how moms and kitchens are sort of tied together. I love Jill's. My mom would set, smoke a Marlboro red right before cooking dinner. <laughs> that smell weirdly brings me comfort that we are all coming home for the day and a good meal was coming. I love that. Like those are those things that when you, you're out in the world and you get a whiff of something or something and you're like, Oh, that was, that was like what we did. You know, my mom was a Marlboro Brown, oh, really? the Brown box. <laughs> Yep. Oh, God. And a lot of you guys still have, you know, things that like pots and pans that that they made things in. And it's just uh, it's just wonderful. It's just wonderful. So it's a really good read if you're missing someone or if you want to dip into the beautiful connections of mothers and cooking. So, yeah, I have my mom's bunt pan. I forgot about you. Right. I do. It's orange. It's an old like Nordic wear one. Yeah. And it's all scratched on the inside Teflon part because you know how you can never get bunt cakes out. Yeah. So you're always having to like put a knife in there to get it out. Yeah. So it just totally reminds me of her. My, my, the pan that my every day that I, every time that I make any sort of uh, bolo, my orange pot, that's my mom's from her. She got for on her wedding registry. Yeah. So, so funny. I think and I can't wait. I'm like, who's going to get it after me? Like, it's a lottery system. Does it go to Joey? <laughs> Does it go to Jake? I don't know. We're going to have to figure that out. All right. Um, what do we got locals who love? Let's do our locals who love. A very important sound. Local. 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 The Weekly Dish presents. Someplace close is good. Keep it local. Got it. Locals. It is the best thing to have. To love. What's not to love? Because okay. it's kind of porny, is it's that why? It's a little porny. It feels a little like <laughs> Lucas. Then it's like this to love for a segment about sort Supporting. of good works. <laughs> like it's just not what I want. All right, we maybe will have to revisit with Rocco. He is socially distant from us too, so he doesn't really. And I we, love Rocco. Yeah, we didn't get Do to spend a lot of that. time talking with him. Yeah. Uh, okay, I just want to say hi to Christy Hansen who sent in a note on our Facebook page because she listens to us every Saturday morning while she cleans her house. Oh, I love that someone's cleaning their house. Please. I think that I said, as I was leaving this morning, I thought, thank God no one is coming over again. Yeah, because (laughs) that is my number one reason for cleaning is shame. Okay. So our friend, Eric Rupert, who sent me the margarita recipe is now offering to, when it gets a little warmer, send us the proper French 75 recipe that his family makes. you tease. Hey, we do have a question on the line. Sure. Should we get Janet on the phone? Yep. Janet has an IP question. So fire it up, Janet. Hi, Janet. Instant Potter. 
Hi there. I cooked a whole chicken in the Instant Pot, and yep. I'm going to save the carcass and do my broth later. But I've got all the chicken drippings in the bottom of the pot, and don't want to throw anything away. So what? I'm not a big gravy person, but what else can I do with them? I would actually just put that with your carcass. So yeah. if you're going to put your carcass in a bag, then scrape that out, you know, with like a spatula and put it with the, because that's going to make your bone broth gorgeous. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You want to drink that stuff. That's yeah, got the that like. Would, that's the collagen, yeah. and that's all the good fats. That is actually makes your bone broth even better. That's what I'll do then. Thanks so much. Yes. You bet. Yum. I get so freaked out when people like I don't like I scraped off the fat. It's like no, eat that. Fat. I know. Put that fat in your body. That fat is good for yourself. Okay. A uh, little bit of local to love here. I feel like we maybe mentioned this, but we're going to mention it again because why not? All hands sanitizer. Well, they're finally available in stores. Yes. So originally Tattersall, Denord, and Justice Brothers, three of our local distillers, got together and they started making hand sanitizer spray right away. And they were giving it to only hospitals and frontline workers. Well, they've now got enough that they can actually start selling it. Yep. So they're going to be selling it in places like Kowalski's, Lund's Byerly's, Hy-Vee, and all of the proceeds from the, or the net proceeds from this are going to go back to the frontline worker COVID-19 Minnesota response. Mm -hmm. So these are hand sanitizers that are alcohol-based that you spray. So you could think of using this on your counters in your kitchen. You could use it on your hands. Anywhere that you need a quick sanitation because it's alcohol-based, right? Yeah. Yep. I, I want people to know that the sprays, if they're 70% or more alcohol, are as effective as the um, aloe vera-based yeah. sanitizer yep. Yep. models. And did you say the thousand, they're donating a million meals? Uh, yes. Okay. Because if they sell all of these bottles, uh, you will get a million meals that will be donated through... Minnesota Central Kitchen. Yeah, they're basically they're working with the. I mean, they're at High V, they're at Cub Foods, they're at Kowalski's, they're at Lunds and Byerly's, and they're working with those people as well to sort of make a package deal to donate a thousand meals to Second Harvest. So awesome. Um, here's another interesting thing too that he said. This is our friend John from Tattersall. Um, he knew nothing about making hand sanitizer when they first started, mm -hmm. and he wasn't thinking about it until he read a story about Tito's handmade vodka. <laughs> And they were telling people that they can't make sanitizer with their product because it's only 80 proof, so only 40% alcohol. Right. So that was when he was like, sanitizer has to be at least 60% or should be 80% to be effective. Yeah. So that was where he got the idea that they could make this very high proof sanitizer. Was he listening to us when we were telling people not to try to make it out of Tito's? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. He I'm does saying, listen to the show. Hi, I, John. I actually looked back at our early grids just because I was getting nostalgic for the time before we. this was all we knew. And I was like, wow, we were talking about that Tito's Hanasan tighter thing like in early February. Because Stephanie's a pandemic preparer. I know. We, we were. <laughs> I had masks. I was. I, I have a picture of me you in a, a mask. You're pandy prepared. February 4th. Yeah. Think about that. I know. Kurt and I were at the emergency room because he couldn't breathe. Right. Wonder what that was. I know. Huh. Well. Um, speaking of, we did take, he took a test. His test was negative. This week we got a weird bottle of vitamins in the mail. <laughs> and I was like, he couldn't figure out. He's like, why is someone sending me drugs in the mail? Like, what is this? I don't know. 
And we were pondering it. And all of a sudden he goes, oh, wait a second. When I got that uh, COVID test, they said they were going to send me some immune support vitamins. Maybe that's what these are. Sure enough, he like looks them up and that's what they are. And I was like, where did you go for this test? Yeah. That now they're following up with their special handmade vitamins. Yeah, I'm a little worried about yeah, that. Yeah, so, so he might have to take another $200 test just yeah. to find out. Well, and it is the the antibody test there, you know. I know that there's they're supposed to, the initial turn of places were a little bit worrisome. But, but there's now a list, right, of FDA-approved places? There, there, there was in the beginning, too, but then there were people who were kind of taking those, from my understanding, were those regulations and kind of like, you know, being a little loosey-goosey with them. Um, but they did sort of crack down a little bit harder, and now they're, they're trying to make them more, you know... I think if you do a rapid test, I don't think that that counts as a real... Like, when you do the, the quick pick and it's supposed to be 15 minutes, 20 minutes. That's what he did. Yeah, I think that if you really want to know, I think you have to have your blood sent to a lab. And okay. then it'll be it'll take like a day or two, I think. Okay. That's probably more likely of a better All right. of a well, truthful outcome. We will... We'll I'll see. try to get him to spend more money to do it again. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's uh, Minnesota Hero Snack Pack. I just want to shout out, this is a group of uh, 12 people that are all local makers. And they have made their snack pack, has made it to all 50 states. So what this is, is they send out a snack pack to the frontline medical workers. You can buy snack packs that get donated. You can just donate cash. And they've made it again to all 50 states. Hashtag uplift today. They were featured on the Today Show. Great. Very exciting. Super cool. All right, gang, we got to go. We'll have a great Mother's Day, everybody. Thanks for coming there. Ciao, ciao. This is a summer to stay connected locally. From the pandemic to protests to the upcoming election, there is so much information to take in. And on PodMN, you can access hundreds of Minnesota-made podcasts on one app. Current events, health information, political talk. Plus, you'll find podcasts about sports, true crime, and more. PodMN also comes with listener rewards. In July, you can win gift cards to local restaurants, shops, and more just for listening. Download PodMN on your phone's app store or learn more by visiting PodMN.com. Minnesota podcasts live here.